0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Healthy for Life podcast, where we will be discussing maintainable, sustainable, conscious living. I'm your host, Sarah Grace. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to a new episode of Healthy for Life. I hope you are all having a great week. I am going to be sharing with you today my birth story, my breach birth story. And I am one week postpartum, uh, from having my beautiful baby boy and he is here with me. So you may hear him. He's sleeping right now and I'm hoping he stays sleeping for a while longer, but, um, I may have to attend to him. So, um, Yeah, if you hear baby noises, you know why, but we're just thankful that he's here and he's healthy and he is actually a really great baby, so I am beyond pumped and blessed by that. Um, Also, I don't know if you hear my dog, but he's here as well, (laughs) so you can say hello to Cubby. And for those of you that have been following my new podcast, Healthy for Life, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for bearing with me as I get comfortable with all this equipment and uh, recording properly. I know one of my episodes, the audio wasn't that great on it. I was so bummed by that. So, um, but every time I get better at it, and, um, so I have a a lot of episodes coming out that I know, um, are really solid. So thank you for hanging in there with me and being a loyal subscriber. Um, so, and for those of you that are new, welcome, make sure you head on over and subscribe to my podcast and like it and rate it. And you can also share it with friends. So I want to get right into this birth story. I know a lot of you have been wanting to hear the the uh, ins and outs, and um, so I wanted to share that with you all today, and my hope is to really inspire some people and that this story resonates with people. So right around 37 weeks of pregnancy, we found out that our baby boy was breech. And, uh, my midwife had come to the house and done one of my regular, um, appointments with me, which at that point, you know, starts to go to every two weeks, I believe it is, or maybe it's even weekly at that point. So she was feeling my stomach and she said, you know, I'm not really a hundred percent sure on his position right now. I think you need to go for an ultrasound. So I went for an ultrasound. They confirmed that he was breech. Um, and basically I instantly, you know, left there and called her. And then I started, you know, saying, okay, what's the next step? Let's try to get him turned. And that very day I was in the chiropractor's office and they started the whole Webster technique with me, which is a special technique that chiropractors can do to try to turn the baby. And it just is very gentle and involves certain, um, a a certain type of adjustment and then working on that round ligament, um, that can kind of, if the uterus is maybe twisted or there's sort of like some blocks or lockups or whatever, it can help release and give the baby the opportunity to turn. So I instantly started with chiropractic and then I made an appointment with an acupuncture place and I started getting in there for acupuncture. I was literally looking into everything that I could possibly do to get him turned. And so the weekend passed and now we're headed into the following week. And, uh, at that point, nothing had was successful in getting him turned. I could tell he was still in the same position. I looked into all of the spinning babies information and I was doing, you know, all of the lying upside down on, on a ironing board, um, the inversions multiple three to five times a day. I was doing those. Uh, I was sitting on a Swiss ball and doing all different kind of hip movements and kind of trying to like walk and dance and move my hips in hopes that he would turn. And, um, it, it d- days went by and nothing changed and he wasn't turning. So right around 38 weeks, we decided to go into Tampa General Hospital and, um, try to get a better ultrasound and find out what type of breach he was and have a conversation with some of the doctors there and see what the options were. And this, you know, was a, was a long week. It was a stressful week because, um, at this point, obviously, you know, they say the further along in your pregnancy that you are, the less likely you are of getting the baby to turn. So there was a lot of anxiety here for me because I was coming up on 38 weeks and, uh, the, I wasn't hearing a lot of good things about what my options were. So, um, I did hear about an ECV or an external sevalic version where they try to turn the baby from outside of your belly. And so, uh, that was a potential and I thought, well, maybe Tampa General, they'll do it then. So we were told go in uh, at 7:30 in the morning and uh, on shift change when the when the new doctors are coming in, there's a particular doctor on staff there that's very open minded to home birth, and that's the time you should go because they will, you know, be open to what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. And just for those of you that may not know, I was planning my second home birth because my daughter was a home birth. And so I had planned to have my son at home with the midwife, but in the state of Florida, a midwife cannot legally deliver a breached baby. So some certified nurse practitioner midwives can, I guess it's up to them if they choose to, but, uh, just a licensed midwife cannot do it. So that really threw a wrench into our plans and it changed a lot of things, uh, th- where the home birth we were planning was no longer on the table. And so we were kind of faced with a last-minute decision as to what was the next step we wanted to take. So Saturday morning, 7:30, we went into Tampa General Hospital, and they uh, took us in. We waited in a room for a very long time to speak to a doctor, and then they finally came in. It was probably after like two hours or so, and. They, um, did an ultrasound confirmed that he was breached, but it looked like his feet were by his head, which was good news. And, uh, you know, they told, talk to me about the ECV and they said what they're typically doing, um, they, is they want you to be on an epidural, like hooked up to an epidural. They perform the ECV and they're very much ready and prepared to C-section you if anything goes wrong or his heart rate drops and doesn't come back up. And it left me feeling nervous that it was kind of like they were pushing me into that potential, just going right into C-section, trying to start labor sort of thing. So they came back, this, uh, it was like literally two, three hours. They said, um, I mean, we were there a total of four hours. They said, if you'd like to stick around longer, you can, and we might be able to to get to you and do the version uh, later today. So you can stick around and wait, or you can schedule it and come back. And they were like, but obviously, you know, the further you go in your pregnancy, the less likely it is to work. So we just said, well, our daughter, you know, the babysitter has to leave soon. I haven't eaten anything. We're going to go and I'll schedule it. And that way we had time to kind of leave and talk and think about what we wanted to do. And they talked to me a lot about C-section, that that was the only option for me, that if I planned the C-section or it wasn't an emergency, that I wouldn't have to be put to sleep. But if it came in and it was an emergency situation, I would be put to sleep. And it, it just was very daunting, my options. So we left there and I had scheduled uh, the version for the following Thursday, which would put me at almost 39 weeks when we were about to be having it done. And so I, um, was like, I don't really want to wait that long because who knows? I didn't know at that point I might have the baby by then, or, you know, it's just waiting later and later into the pregnancy. So I had heard about uh, Angela Love. She's a certified nurse midwife, and she is over on the uh, east coast of Florida and about two and a half hour drive from us. And I spoke with her. I did a phone consult with her. She does the ECVs, and she also had a lot of experience delivering breech babies, V-backs, twins. She does only home births. And she has worked for a long time in the hospital, uh, birth center type setting, but now she only does home's births. So I reached out to her and we decided to go to her for the, the version. So we drove two and a half hours over to her on Monday. And, uh, I spent about an hour in the kind of like, um, knee to chest position or child's pose to try to get him out of my pelvis. And then that way they could kind of make sure he was up and try to turn him at that point. So, uh, I did, I stayed in that position. (laughs) He, we got him to where he was out of my pelvis and then they began to perform the procedure where they were turning him and we got him just over transverse. He was kind of like an oblique position And his heart rate took a dive down and it dropped just below 100. So they had to back off. And uh, basically he went right back to his comfy little head up position. And um, they waited and monitored just to make sure his heart rate was coming back up. And sure enough, it was, but we were not able to proceed any further. And so... That was, um, really scary when his heart rate dropped and it took them, you know, it felt like forever, but it took them a little bit to find his heart rate. And I had all these horrible thoughts going through my head of like, what did I do? But, um, his heart rate came up and he was totally fine, but it just seemed like there was something that was keeping him from being able to turn. And so it was not worth pressing it any further. So we drove back home another two and a half hours and, uh, we felt, you know, I got into the car that after leaving and I cried for about 30 seconds and then took a deep breath and said, okay, next option. What are we looking at? And, uh, there was a lot of buildup, you know, there was a lot of nerves. So I I felt a lot of emotions at that moment. It was also painful. It's not unbearable by any means, but it's, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. And so that was just kind of like a relief for me or a release. And, um, then I took, you know, a deep breath and said, okay, what's the next step? And we talked a lot on the drive home. I mean, just like, you know, what, what do we do? W- Cause what she basically told us was if you want to have the baby here you, with me, you can, but you would have to come over here, get a hotel and we would deliver the baby in the hotel. Um, and also if, if we had to transfer, these are your hospitals, which I wasn't familiar with any of them. And I really, you know, didn't, Have any information or hear anything about these hospitals. So it was really just kind of left us unsettled and we didn't really know if that was the best decision for us. And do we wait for labor and drive two and a half hours or do we just get over there, you know, a week and just wait? Who knows? Because we didn't know when the baby was coming. So we just were really undecided. But while I was there, she was great and very helpful. And she said, well, there is this doctor in Atlanta, Dr. Boots Taylor, and he's kind of like world renowned for his v twins, breech births. And he does this all the time. You might want to look into him. And then she said, there's this, also this other midwife in Atlanta who's, who's well known for it. So I wrote the information down and I just kind of put it in the back of my mind and then we got home and the week continues on. And I know that on Thursday, you know, I had set up that appointment with Tampa general for the ECV, but I just decided I was going to cancel that and not go that route because we had already tried it. It was unsuccessful. I didn't want to push it too hard. So um, I'm continuing on with everything. My spinning babies, my acupuncture, we're burning moxa by my toes, which is uh, an herb that's supposed to help get movement in the uterus. And um, I'm taking a pulsatilla, you know, all the time in hopes that that's gonna do something. That's a homeopathic that can help babies turn and get that movement and energy to the uterus. And I'm doing my chiropractic two to three times a week. So I'm doing everything I feel like that I can, and nothing's changing as far as his position. So I look into this doctor in Atlanta. And I pull up his website and I, I hear, uh, I see these testimonies from other people. In fact, a woman in my kind of similar situation who had driven from Destin, Florida, I think the week before to have her breech baby with him and went into labor, I believe while she was driving or near to getting there and had her baby with him successfully vaginal breech. And he just had so many testimonies of people with V-backs, uh, S- uh, V-backs twins, breach, And they were just, their whole mindset was very open to a woman being able to do what her body naturally wanted her to do. And that, that there wasn't anything wrong with her because of her baby being breach. And I, I loved what everything was saying on the website and Facebook page. Um, it just set really well with me. And the problem was, is that we were headed into the week of Christmas and nobody could be gotten a hold of. And so I think it was Christmas Eve. I was calling their office, but they had already closed and uh, I left a message with their answering service. I sent an email. I even messaged Dr. Boots Taylor on his Facebook page, just just, uh, saying that the slim chance that he might see it, you know, was trying everything. And because of the holiday, they weren't opening up until the following week. And that was kind of what we were finding with everything because with everyone, I had heard of a doctor here, one doctor in Tampa that delivers breech babies and his office was closing until January 2nd, and they weren't seeing new patients until January 14th, and my due date was January 3rd. So that was out. And then I had heard through different friends and midwives and doulas, you know, oh, I think so-and-so in Boca does breach birth and this and that. And every time I would call, they would pretty much laugh me off the phone and be like, oh no, you mean C-section, right? And I was like, well, I'm trying to find someone who might let me, you know, have the opportunity to try to have a vaginal breech birth. And they basically just laughed at me. So uh, I was, I was literally getting doors closed in my face at every turn. And it was, it was becoming very discouraging and very stressful because The holidays were coming and I was, you know, at this point, 39 weeks just about. And I, I had no options. I mean, right now we were looking at, at that point that if I went into labor, we were just going to Tampa general and I was having a C-section and that was it. I wanted somebody who would give me the chance to at least try to know that I, I tried because there was nothing wrong with me. And I had already had a home birth, a successful vaginal birth. Why couldn't I deliver this baby the way that other, all babies would be, you know, delivered? Why couldn't I try the way that I had done it before? And it was just really frustrating. And I, it just didn't set well with me to just be like, oh, well, okay. I guess I just get a C-section then. So uh, Christmas comes and goes and, um, That was a long week waiting for Monday when their offices would open. And so first thing Monday morning, I called C-Baby, which is Dr. Boots Taylor's practice. And, um, I reached, they open at like 7am. So I reached somebody first thing in the morning and they were so helpful and very open. They deal with this kind of thing all the time. They take late transfers. I told her the situation. And so Um, she, you know, had said, well, let me try to get you a phone consult with him. And so if I look at the timeline, I'm actually looking at my calendar right now because yeah, that was Monday, December 30th. Um, so that night at about nine o'clock at night, my husband and I got on a phone consult with him he called us, he was in the middle of delivering babies, took the phone call and we talked, uh, you know, over the situation, my a little bit about my past birth, um, what I had already done in this situation. And he just was really calm, really confident and just, you know, listened and answered our questions, made us feel really at ease. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me, and he said this a couple times, but on the phone, he said, breach is normal. He was like, it's just like being born left-handed. Some people are born left-handed and we don't necessarily know why breach is a normal way to birth a baby. And he made me just feel so at ease and so much better. And he was like, you know, vaginal head down babies, they can end in C-section. A breech baby, you know, butt down can also end in C-section. It's just, we don't necessarily know. And it doesn't mean that you know, there's a a cord compression issue or a short cord issue, because we were trying to figure out could it be some of those things? He's like, we don't know. It can be that case with a head down baby. He's like, cords are wrapped around babies all the time. It it could be any of those things, and we don't really know, but it it's no different than a head down baby laboring. Your labor is no different really. So um, we got off our, that the phone call with him and we were basically already packing our stuff. And so we woke up at 3.30 in the morning on Tuesday, December 31st. We got in the car by around four o'clock and my dad was here with us because he had flown in from Hawaii for the holiday. And I was like, oh, dad, you're coming to Atlanta with us because you can take care of our daughter, Bailey, while we are dealing with this. So. Um, We got in the car that uh, Tuesday, the 31st, which was New Year's Eve, and we drove to Atlanta. And we had, we were about two hours late for our first appointment (laughs) at Sea Baby, but um, they were really cool and understanding because they knew, you know, we were driving a long way. And um, we got it, went right to the practice and got in and we were there pretty much the rest of the the uh, afternoon. And I was able to get an ultrasound with them as well as um, consult with their midwives because they have two midwives on staff. And then we also met with uh, Dr. B and Uh, talked with him and went over everything with him. And so we felt really good. We felt really happy with our decision. So we were in an Airbnb in a great part of Atlanta that was really close to the hospital. And thankfully it turned out that it was close to everything else, like great restaurants and parks. And so we just kind of settled in and uh, we were just waiting. And so Um, you know, at that point I had been having cramping and some contractions, but they were just on and off and they were not anything that, um, kept me from going about my normal daily routine or activities. And so that kind of started just the waiting game and trying to stay positive. And, um, my due date came January 3rd. And, um, it came and it went, and that was tough. That was definitely like really, really hard, you know, because I was ready to kind of get things going and ready to get things over with. And you're feeling anxious. You're staying in an Airbnb, paying a lot of money to do that. And it just was like, all right, when is this going to happen? Because, you know, birth is often, it's very much out of our control It's very much about a surrendering process. Um, we don't know, you know, the outcome, we cannot predict it. We don't know when the baby's going to come. They need to come when they're ready. Your body knows. And, um, it's just about waiting. And so looking at my timeline here, that was January 3rd was a Friday. So they had said, if you didn't have the baby by Monday, come back in. So on the 6th, come in and see us and we'll check, you know, fluids and check on him, make sure everything's okay. So sure enough, on the 6th, I was back in their office and I met with the midwife and, um, we decided that, you know, I I would have her check me to see if I was dilated because I'd been having a lot of contractions and cramping at that point. And so, um, she checked me and I was three centimeters dilated, almost four, and she did a, a little bit of a membrane sweep, which I never did that with my daughter because we were just waiting at home. It was no big deal. But in this situation, we decided that we would do that. And it was actually really encouraging to know that I was already dilated that far. That kind of gave me renewed energy and hope because with my daughter, I was in labor, active labor for a long time and only at three centimeters. So to already be at that point, that kind of gave me some hope. So we left there feeling encouraged and uh you know thinking okay 24 hours maybe i'll go into labor and so on the 7th tuesday <laughs> nothing happened um i was you know having a lot of cramping contractions some bleeding everything would just kind of subside though and nothing would come of it and um That evening though of the 7th, I, um, started having contractions like pretty frequently. And I decided to go for a walk in the park that was, uh, by where we were staying and I was timing them and they were like three minutes apart, some five, three to five minutes apart lasting like 30, some 40 seconds, but they weren't, they, they didn't stop me. I could talk through them and that was a sign that, you know, nothing was actually really happening, um, as far as like, you know, oh, we got to go to the hospital. But, um, so I just kind of enjoyed the walk and shut the timer off, got back to the house and sat down and they kind of subsided at that point. But I was definitely not feeling great and just kind of crampy and uncomfortable, a little bit of like nausea, And, uh, and that was about it for that day. So the evening comes and my dad and my husband are going to go out to dinner. I didn't feel like going anywhere. And so they went out and they went out and had a couple drinks and I just went to bed like around 10 o'clock, but I was having trouble sleeping. I don't know. I just kind of felt uncomfortable, but um, I, they must've come back around like 10, 30, 11, and I heard them come in and I was just kind of in and out dozing. And then like around midnight, it must've been, I woke up and I was having contractions and they were definitely like, they just kind of pretty quickly went from like earlier in the day having them, but I could just talk and walk through them to like, wow, this is not something I can talk about really normally through or definitely not sleep through. And so I was having to kind of focus a little more and breathe, uh, try to relax more. And then I kind of wanted to stand up and move around, but they were, they were uncomfortable for sure. And so I just thought to myself, well, they'll probably just stop and subside. So, you know, don't think too much. So I waited about an hour, an hour and a half or so. And my husband was sleeping in the other room. And so I thought, you know, I wonder if I should wake him up. But I was like, I'll wait. And then I text my doula because I had found a doula in Atlanta, thankfully. And um, that was a whole last minute thing. But look, when you ask, you can find things and you just have to talk to people. But Um, so I text her and I was like, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. Just wanted to let you know. So she would kind of be on standby. And so, um, I, then I kind of noticed that, wow, they were getting more uncomfortable. And that was like a sign to me that, okay, maybe something is actually happening here. So, It must've been around one 30 or so. I went in and I woke my husband up and I said, I think that it's actually happening. And I woke him out of a really deep sleep and he kept just saying, no, 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 no. And I'm like, uh, yes. So you need to get up and figures that was the night they decided to stay out later and have a couple drinks. But, um, So a contraction came while I was in the room trying to get him up. And I was really comfortable kind of kneeling and just like rocking back and forth or sort of crawling during them. And he was realized at that point that, oh, wow, this looks like it's definitely happening. So he called the office, uh, for me and they, we got on their answering service and then they were going to page the doctor and sure enough, Dr. B called and, uh, Travis got on the phone with him and, you know, he said, she's having a contraction right now. He talked to me a little bit, asked some questions. And I think at that point they were probably, uh, two to three minutes apart lasting, you know, 40ish seconds. So we went downstairs and we were kind of getting our stuff together and I just all of a sudden was like I have to throw up. And so that's kind of what happened with my daughter as well when I was first like going into the first stages of like labor labor. So I I threw up and I knew that's a pretty in- good indicator that this ball is rolling. So, um, we packed up the car and had all of our stuff together and we headed to the hospital. It was about like a 10 minute drive. I was in the back with a pillow kneeling and I had my, the, the pot just in case I got sick. And then we got to the hospital and the guy came out with the wheelchair and I'm thinking there was no way I'm sitting in that wheelchair. So I just kneeled in it backwards And they wheeled me in and they have us checking in at about 3 AM at that point. And the doula, she was like rushing to get there because she originally was going to come to our house. And then I was just like, uh, I think we need to go to the hospital. So she just came directly to the hospital. So they got me into a room and, um, I was trying to kind of, I had written like a a little sign that said, you know, hypnobirthing is in progress And I showed that to them and they were like, oh, that's so cute. Like there wasn't really time to put anything up. And then I gave them my birth plan, which we really simplified because it was like a lot of pictures of things. So you didn't really even have to read it. And then I would circle the things that I wanted in green and uh, circle and cross out the things that I didn't want in red. And I, I gave that to them in the midst of kind of having contractions and they were trying to monitor the baby a little bit. So, um, and I, I had put on there, you know, and I think they knew because I was Dr. B's patient that I was probably going to be more hands off with everything. But I had said, you know, I did not want, um, drugs of any kind or, um, interventions not to ask me about it. Um, or push me towards that sort of thing. And they were really great about that they didn't at all. And so, uh, I was just laboring there. And then the nurse said, you know, I, is it all right if I check you to see kind of where you're at? And so I said, sure, go for it. And she was like, Oh wow. She's like, you're eight centimeters dilated. And I was thinking what that's like insane. And so, um, it was like, I mean, things were just moving fast and, um, the contractions were definitely getting more uncomfortable, but I would say all in all, they still probably were around 40 seconds, maybe some of them a minute. I, I kept my headphones in at this point And I was listening to all my positive affirmations that I'd been listening to for months before and really trying to Relax as much as possible through each one and breathe, and even say some of the affirmations or, like, you know, say things to myself, like, ride the waves, because these surges are like waves. They come and they go. And I was really trying to focus on that. Uh, Because I know that with my daughter, I made the mistake of getting very tense and very tight and trying to fight kind of instead of surrender to these things. So, Um, it, it was not long before they were wheeling me into labor and delivery and I had my eyes closed the whole time. So there was really, I didn't know, you know, what it looked like, what was going on, who was there really, aside from my husband and my doula who I could hear their voices and they were talking to me. And so, and then in comes a doctor and he was kind of just observing and standing off to the side as I was going through this. And, uh, after a little bit, I believe he might've checked me. And then he said, you know, basically you're nine, 10 centimeters dilated. You're, you're right there. And, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, there is no turning back at this point, because I know from the, my past experience, like the pushing part gets intense. It's different from the, the contraction part, but it's, it's intense and it's a whole nother animal (laughs) to tackle. But, um, I, it was like, there's no turning back. Like we're here. And he just said, how are you feeling? Uh, do you feel like you want to push? And, I was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know. But then it was like moments later at the end of those contractions, I was pushing. My body was pushing for me. And so that kind of started the process. And at first I think I wanted to like run from it. And so I was wanting to stay on my hands and knees, but that position was not ideal for getting him down and out all the way. So the doctor encouraged me, you know, to, to get onto my back and to pull my own legs, sort of my knees up towards my head by putting my arms under my knees and creating that C position, like the shape of a C and pushing down into the baby or down into my butt, so to speak, and really focusing in on that. And at first I think I was really fighting it because it just, it was intense, you know, that feeling. But when I surrendered to it and I focused on what he was telling me, I just was able to get into it and sort of, I guess you would say, relax into that. I was by no means, um, relaxed. We did video this. So if, if, um, you know, any of you guys want to kind of see this birth story and see the birth Uh, I will be sharing that video. So stay tuned. I think I'm going to be putting it on YouTube, um, on my YouTube channel, which is Sarah Grace Fitness, but, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it listed or unlisted. I haven't quite decided on how I want to do that, but I really do want to share this as openly as possible with people as a way to inspire them and to also educate them about breech birth and natural birth and, um, letting a woman's body do what it was made to do. So, um, yeah, I basically started pushing at the end of those contractions, which my body was doing it. And I joined my body in that process and, um, the doctor would count down from 10 and I would try to keep all that energy down and not let any of it out of my face or, um, you know, out of my mouth, just keep everything down, and push and then I'd take a breath and push again and so it was like three sets of 10 seconds in each contraction and then after about 15 minutes or so to maybe 20 minutes of doing that he was out and um those last like three pushes were very intense I felt everything and the doctor um was doing a little maneuver that helps get breech babies out faster, I guess, or helps them come out smoother. And, um, that was definitely interesting, but it worked and he was out and he made noise pretty quickly. And it was just the most incredible feeling of like, I cannot believe that I just did this, and I cannot believe that he's here and he's healthy and I'm fine. And it was uh, like a so fast and so much easier than the the labor and birth of my daughter. It was just like all of it was just shocking to me. And it was like, I didn't know how to process any of it. I just, I kept saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe he's real. Like what an incredible feeling that was. And, um, you know, and then just to think like, we we were told this couldn't happen. You know, we were told that I couldn't do this. There might be something wrong. I was looking at, you know, a major surgery. I would have been, in the hospital longer i would have had to have stitches i would have been numb i just all of these things that i didn't want to have to deal with that i was almost just kind of preparing myself for it, none of it had to happen and he was like perfect and healthy and fine it was just the most incredible experience ever and so empowering I mean, and that's why I wanted to share it with you all and just to really encourage you to, um, you know, don't just settle for the first answer that you get. Don't just, uh, settle for, you know, whatever people tell you because there, you, you know, in your gut, especially as a woman, you know, inside what you are capable of. You have to listen to your to your body. You have to listen to your heart on some of these things. And if something doesn't set well with you, look at what your other alternatives are. You know, if you feel strongly that you want a certain type of birth experience, that you should get that. And there's no reason why you can't have it, especially if you're healthy and Uh, your low risk, you know, and, and don't let people try to tell you that you're high risk because maybe you've already had a C-section or because maybe you're over 35 or whatever that may be. If you're healthy, there's nothing that you can't do, or at least be given the opportunity to try and do it. And that's kind of a big takeaway for me is, you know, look at all your options and don't bang on every door because somebody will open it and somebody will listen and that's what we found is we could have taken the first, you know, three no's or the first three, you know, options that were given to us and just said, Okay, I guess this is all we have. But I especially said, No, I can't do this. I need to know that I tried and that I know I can do this and I want to be given a fair chance at doing it. And so I didn't take no for an answer. And sure enough, the opportunity presented itself that ended up turning out perfectly and beautifully and way better than I could have ever orchestrated it myself. And so Um, you know, uh, some people listening might say, what's the big deal? Like, why not have a C-section? I wouldn't want to go through all that of driving and waiting and blah, blah, blah. And for me, you know, already having had one vaginal birth, I didn't want to have to have this child C-section. It's a major surgery that comes with risks, um, to the mother and, you know, probably more so even to the mother, but there are certain things that the baby misses out on, Um, as far as not being able to come down through the vaginal canal and out, um, like colonizing their gut with good bacteria is a big thing that helps them with their immune system and then certain emotional, um, physical aspects of it that you lose in a C-section and not to mention, you know, the cutting through, uh, like they do, um, the drugs that you, that you have to be given, all of those things I really wanted to try to avoid. And at least I knew that if it ended in a surgical birth, that at least I had tried the, the first, you know, way tried to have a vaginal birth and I did everything that I could. And that was my option, but I didn't want to just say, uh, you know, Oh no, I can't do it. Let's just have a, a surgical birth. So that was just really important to me. And so I wanted somebody to give me a fair shot. And, um, and thank God I, I did because it not only was, What was it successful, but it was, you know, extremely fast with about four hours of labor from start to finish is just incredible. And I never thought I would get to be one of those people that said that they had their baby that fast because my daughter's labor was 36, 38 hours. So, um, not only was it successful, it was an absolute blessing and it was far beyond anything I could have imagined. So, um, yeah. I hope that you all, you know, uh, are empowered and, um, you, that if you're in a similar circumstance, so you don't make your decision based on fear that you look at all your options, research, ask questions, don't take no for an answer. And this applies to, even if you're not dealing with the birth situation, maybe it's a cancer diagnosis, maybe, um, you know, it's even a job opportunity, but always research, always look at your options, bang on other doors. Don't just take the first one that closes in your face and say, Okay. Even if it is your regular OB, if you go there and you feel like they don't listen to you, they don't um, make you feel important. They make you feel small. They bully you. Any of those things, those are signs. That's not where you belong. You need to find a different practitioner. And trust me, I had been planning a beautiful, peaceful home birth with a midwife that, you know, we thought we had this all figured out. And last minute, I had to transfer to a male doctor who I didn't know, who I'd never even met before, who I'd never seen. And we had to drive, you know, 500 miles to get there at a, in a last minute situation, you know, but that it turned out amazing. And that's who supported me. That's who made me feel heard. That's who, uh, I was the most comfortable with. So you know, don't let fear make your decisions for you. And if somebody or, or a situation is making you uncomfortable, is not letting you be heard, is not giving you the opportunity to let your body uh, and your baby do what it was meant to be able to do, then go somewhere else. Look for other alternatives. I really encourage you to do that and to do your research. Again, this is all about educating ourselves to make the best informed decisions, taking our health and making it our responsibility to always question, to always look for the best option for ourselves. I really want to encourage you to do that. We have to take control of our health as, as people, men and women and all aspects of life. And when it comes to birth women, especially it's up to us to, to demand to have a voice in how we are treated and how we are able to birth our babies that nobody should dictate what has to be for you. You know, whether it's a C-section or you, you have to be given an epidural or you need to, to take these particular things or do this to your baby. You have a voice and you can deny a lot of these things that are being done that are just standard practice that aren't necessary for you or your baby. So I really encourage you there. And if any of you would like, uh, more information about my birth plan and the picture birth plan that I presented, um, don't hesitate to reach out to me, you know, message me on social media, email me and ask, cause I'd be happy to share it with you all. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah G fitness and, um, my email is contact at Sarah like a grace.com. Feel free to message me, make sure you, uh, rate this podcast. I'd love for you to give it a five star thumbs up, subscribe here, and uh, feel free to share it as well with any friends. I really hope to inspire, um, other women. Maybe you're in this situation. Maybe you've been in this situation and you can relate I want to share this story with people. And so thank you so much for joining me. I will be putting out the video as well of my birth. So, um, if you're interested in, in watching that, stay tuned. And, uh, my YouTube channel is Sarah Grace Fitness. So, Um, I'll keep you all posted as to where and when you can watch it, but thanks so much for joining me and, uh, I'll catch you back here. Uh, my other podcast for this week is an awesome podcast with Amy Hafner. So make sure you check that out. She's Organic Amy. And her story is pretty incredible how she came back after a vaccine injury, went on to have a home births of her own and is really influential in the health and wellness space. So check that podcast out as well. All right. I'll catch you all next time. Take care.